In the crypto world, there are a lot of wild characters. Still, a man named Do Kwan stands out. Is it fair to call Do Kwan crypto's most famous fugitive? Yes, absolutely. That's our colleague Alexander Osipovich. He's been writing about Do Kwan, a crypto entrepreneur known for his cryptocurrency called Terra. Do Kwan was a very high-profile figure in crypto just one year ago. He had very high-profile venture capitalists backing him. He was a social media presence. Then he had this massive downfall in May of last year. Kwan's cryptocurrency, TerraUSD, suddenly collapsed. Terra continuing to fall. Dropping dramatically. It's just seen a complete collapse. Investors are comparing this to a run on the bank. People are losing confidence and in a lot of cases heading for the door. Some $40 billion worth of value were wiped out of the markets. Uh, His reputation was shredded and then he disappeared. Quan disappeared in September. And then last week, he resurfaced in dramatic fashion. Interpol says that a man arrested in Montenegro is Do Kwan. It indeed has been a long hunt. Uh, We've been following this closely from May last year. The man arrested is one of the world's most wanted fugitives. Do Kwan is wanted by the United States and South Korea. Kwan was wanted on allegations of fraud and financial crimes. Last Thursday, authorities in Montenegro, a small country in Eastern Europe, arrested him at the airport. It's a big moment. There are a lot of people in the thousands around the world who lost money when his cryptocurrencies crashed. They've been waiting for this. There are a number of law enforcement agencies around the world that have been looking for him. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, March 27th. Coming up on the show, the arrest of a crypto fugitive. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. So what was Do Kwan's reputation like before everything came crashing down? At one point, Do Kwan was a semi-respectable figure in crypto. He had a Stanford education. He was very articulate. He would speak at crypto conferences. He was a big presence on social media. There were some doubts about his crypto projects, but he was pretty good at deflecting them and talking about the future of his Terra Luna system The Terra Luna system was Quan's claim to fame. Most cryptocurrencies are volatile. Their prices can swing wildly, which can make them hard to transact with. Quan's solution was something called a stablecoin. His stablecoin, TerraUSD, was supposed to be, well, stable. One TerraUSD was always supposed to equal one US dollar. 
Other stablecoins accomplish that by actually keeping money in the bank. So for every one unit of, say, the USDC stablecoin, there is cash or treasuries or something similar to that being held in a bank account. Terra USD was a little bit different. It was an algorithmic stablecoin that essentially used financial engineering to maintain its peg at $1. Terra USD didn't have actual dollars in the bank backing it up. Instead, its stability depended on another cryptocurrency that Quan had created, called Luna. The idea was that the two cryptocurrencies would essentially balance each other out. TerraUSD and Luna could be exchanged for each other in a way that was supposed to maintain the balance so that TerraUSD would have the price of $1 while Luna could be volatile. That was the theory behind it. What was his ambition with the Terra Luna project? Do Kwan said that he felt his Terra stablecoin could be the future of money. Here's Quan at a crypto conference in 2021. Uh, I think our goal would be to get to a state where Terra stablecoins become the de facto money. The idea was to have a stablecoin that didn't have dollars in the bank backing it up. And that way, it could stay outside of government control. Because if a stablecoin has a bank account, banks are regulated, banks can be supervised by the government. Do Quan's statements at the time were that he wanted to sort of liberate money. In order for our industry to survive and for us to be able to, you know, bring uh, cool innovations like DAOs, uh, DeFi, NFTs to the forefront, we need a base layer of money that is truly decentralized and scalable. Quan's idea gained traction. From October 2021 to April 2022, the supply of Terra USD grew by more than 500%. And by the spring of last year, Terra USD was the third largest stablecoin. And something that seemed to give Terra USD legitimacy was its connection to a payments app called Chai. Chai is kind of like Venmo in South Korea, although maybe not quite as popular. And Quan had said that when people using Chai transact with each other, it's actually settled using the Terra blockchain. This looked like good news for Terra USD. If people were using the currency in their everyday transactions, it would help create demand for the coin and keep up its value. But from the beginning, Terra USD had its critics. To a lot of people, it sounded kind of like a magic money machine. Some people on Twitter would say, this doesn't make any sense. There's not really anything holding the stable coin to the dollar. And he would mock those people and belittle them. Quan dismissed Terry USD's doubters as idiots and told one, quote, I don't debate the poor on Twitter. He later told the Wall Street Journal he regretted some of the things he tweeted. But Quan's critics had a point. In just kind of like a nutshell, how did Terra Luna come undone? The idea with the Terra USD stablecoin was always that if it deviated from its peg, if it dropped below a dollar, there would be incentives for trading firms out there to go and execute trades that would have the impact of pushing it back to one dollar. And they would be rewarded by that essentially by making Luna, the other cryptocurrency. The problem was that if Luna lost value, then people might just abandon the whole system. And that's exactly what started to happen. 
when there was a drop in crypto markets. Volatility in stocks spreading to crypto. For Bitcoin, this was the single biggest intraday drop since January. They're all getting hammered. The crypto world still going to be red today. Luna lost some of its value. And there was an increasing amount of chatter around the stability of Terra USD. Had it gotten too large? Was it too risky? And then one weekend in May of last year, it dropped a few cents below a dollar. And that's when the holders of Terra and Luna really panicked. Something has gone wrong here. Terra's UST is down 46% to 49 cents. Plunged below 30 cents. There were people pulling out of the system left and right. There were hedge funds shorting Terra USD, and ultimately it collapsed. And within a few days, it was not priced at $1. It was priced at less than 10 cents. So we covered the collapse of Terra Luna on the show back when it happened. And at the time, it was certainly seen as a massive failure. But were there people back then talking about it being a potential fraud? After the crash, the voices that said, this is all a fraud, this is all a Ponzi scheme, got louder. Uh, there was a view among some people that basically Do Kwan had shilled the coin too much and said, this is really stable, this is a very good idea, and that in doing so, he had committed fraud. After the crash last May... Dozens of investors in South Korea, the U.S., and Singapore filed lawsuits or criminal complaints against Kwan. They accused him of fraud. Some alleged that he'd made false statements about the stability of his cryptocurrency. And authorities in South Korea also announced that they were investigating what happened with Terra and Luna. It was around that time, last spring, that Alex got in touch with Kwan. Do Kwan agreed to do an email interview with me uh, not too long after the crash. In it, he expressed contrition for the fact that a lot of investors had lost money. However, he said he had not committed a fraud. He pointed out that he himself lost money in the crash, which would suggest that he wasn't really trying to defraud people. And he also really wanted to talk about a new project that he was starting at the time in which he essentially wanted to create a new version of Terra and Luna, which seemed kind of extraordinary given the devastation of the one he had just previously created. After a $40 billion blow-up, it is kind of surprising to turn around and pitch people on a new and improved version of like the same thing. Do Kwan is incredibly self-confident and it was remarkable to see how that continued even after the crash, which might leave somebody else feeling sort of sad and humiliated. Quan relaunched Luna. He renamed the old Luna cryptocurrency, the one that had crashed, Luna Classic. But the new Luna never really took off. And soon, Quan would be facing much bigger problems. In September of last year, the South Korean authorities issued a warrant for his arrest. It's around that time that Kwan disappeared. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support 
improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. Juan disappeared in September. Uh, up until that point, he had been living in Singapore. And then around that time, the South Korean authorities issued a warrant for his arrests on charges of violating South Korean securities laws. He vanished. But not completely. Kwan was still tweeting. He even went on a podcast called Unchained and said the charges weren't legitimate and that they were politically motivated. And somewhat puzzlingly, he said that he was not on the run, denied that he was hiding, but also wouldn't say where he was. It's, it's not in the interest of, let's say, being on the run or something like that, that I don't want to disclose where I live. It's just that every time the location where I live becomes known, it becomes almost impossible for me to live there. But can you at least answer whether or not you're in Singapore? No, I mean, so I, I could answer that, but the problem is that I don't want there to be a bunch of guesswork in terms of like which country, which city. Late last year, South Korean authorities revealed that he was believed to be hiding in Serbia. Aside from that, it wasn't really clear where he was up until his arrest on Thursday at the airport in the capital of Montenegro, which is a neighboring country of Serbia. Photographers captured Kwan being escorted into a Montenegro police station on Friday, wearing a gray sweatshirt and a black ball cap. That same day, U.S. prosecutors in New York also filed criminal charges against him. The charges concerned fraud and while there aren't a lot of specifics in the indictment that was filed against him, one of the things that the prosecutors said was that he lied about his blockchain technology and the effectiveness of the algorithm that helped keep TerraUSD stable. Kwan is also facing charges from another part of the U.S. government. Last month, before his arrest, the Securities and Exchange Commission filed its own lawsuit against Quan and his company, Terraform Labs. The SEC accused Quan and Terraform Labs of committing fraud, essentially by misleading investors about the risks of TerraUSD and Luna. One of the allegations in the SEC's lawsuit is that Quan lied about the relationship between his Terra stablecoins and Chai. Chai, that was the Korean payments app that Kwan touted as evidence that TerraUSD was catching on. Kwan said that transactions on Chai were settled using Terra's technology. As it turned out, according to the SEC, 
Chai used more traditional payment technology, and Quan kept telling people, no, Chai uses the blockchain. I should add that Quan has not directly responded to the charges in the SEC's lawsuit, uh, but his lawyers had indicated that they were moving to dismiss it. A Chai spokesperson told the Wall Street Journal last year that the company stopped using Terra's technology by 2021. Quan's company, Terraform Labs, told Alex that they'd always tried to be truthful in their descriptions of Terra and Chai. What's going to happen to Quan now? Do Quan reportedly appeared in court in Montenegro. He has been charged with having forged documents there in that country. Meanwhile, both South Korea and the U.S. have expressed desire to extradite him. I expect that in the coming days and weeks, we'll hear more about his extradition. It's unclear to me at this stage whether he will end up in the U.S. or in South Korea, or to what extent he is going to fight that extradition. So you've been following the story from the beginning. What are you going to be watching for next? I'm very curious to see how Do Kwon ultimately responds to this mountain of lawsuits and investigations that have been heaped upon him. Up until now, he has always dodged responsibility, said he didn't do anything wrong, taken pot shots at the people accusing him of things, and generally tried to slip away. That can't happen anymore. It really feels like the whole world of crypto is is like been on its back foot recently. You had the FTX implosion, there's been a crackdown on crypto exchanges. Does this arrest contribute to this feeling that that cryptocurrency kind of writ large is in trouble? To me it's certainly part of the broader narrative of the authorities cracking down on crypto. Do Kwan has been accused of fairly serious crimes, but I think that his arrest shows that essentially no matter how brash you are, no matter how much of a crypto bro you were, the authorities will come chase after you if they believe that you use cryptocurrencies to commit crimes. That's all for today, Monday, March 27th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Boyan Panchevsky and James Finelli. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.